This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. A show about sex, relationships and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. Welcome, Victoria, to Evolution of Intimacy. Thank you so much for coming and having a chat to us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to um, have this chat. So the reason that I got you on is I understand that you're married and that your relationship looks a bit different than many other marriages. Can you share a little bit about why that is? Yeah, definitely. So as you said, yep, I am married, but it didn't start off, I guess, in the traditional dating sense because we're in a consensual BDSM relationship. So what that looks like is I'm the submissive in the relationship and my uh, partner is the dominant. Okay. So people hear BDSM and often think that's about things you do sexually, perhaps using some spanking or some different things during in the bedroom, but I understand that this for you isn't just in the bedroom. Yeah, that's right. And for a lot of people as well, BDSM is is more of a lifestyle than sort of like a just a sexual activity. For us, we established a few rules that of things we do every day. So I might ask what he would like me to wear on a daily basis and then he has a bit of control around what outfits that I would wear that day. Or even if we are planning something sexual, um, he's planned that and got control over that situation. All pre-negotiated though. How did you get into this type of relationship? I sort of fell into it actually. We met we were it was not love at first sight it was attraction at first sight and i guess that's how we sort of fell into it we were just generally talking and found out we both had sort of the same interests Um, and that's sort of where the vetting process starts uh, which is very important i think in any relationship but particularly it's a process of a bdsm relationship and vetting is just a process of getting to know the other person whether the kinks align and what you're both comfortable in doing and not doing. We started with, it was probably about a hundred word question, questionnaire of different things in the bedroom from penetrative sex, blowjobs up to spanking, rope play, uh, and where we were on a scale, like if we were comfortable in doing that. So it's kind of like a green, green light, traffic light system. So green was a go and then orange was it could be a go, might explore it, or there's some more barriers around that one. And then red is a definite no. So we found that out about each other right from the get-go before we actually did anything physical. I think most people just come into relationships or sexual encounters and just 
you know, see what happens. But it sounds like you really went in with a lot of intention and really tried to see if you were going to be compatible and if you were both into the same things. That's, yeah, just such a different approach. Yeah, and I think it kind of saves a lot of the awkwardness. So there was no awkward first kiss because we both prior consented to how we like to be kissed. Um, There was no awkwardness about do you like this or are we going to use this form of protection because it was kind of already sorted, Mm -hmm. which I think was really nice, actually. What would you say then to people that might say, oh my gosh, your partner chooses what you wear, like are you a 1950s housewife or something that would maybe think of being submissive as something, a derogatory type of thing, like you're not empowered? That's a really good point, actually, because a lot of people do have that approach and that's probably why I'm not out in all of my life. The submissive actually has the power because the consent is given up to a point. So all the things I talked about before, the pre-negotiated, they can't be crossed in this scenario. So I've already given prior consent to every boundary possible. So if I wasn't comfortable in him choosing outfits, then it wouldn't be on the cards. And it's actually quite nice because I don't have a uniform to wear. It's quite nice to not have to have something to think about every morning. So it's just straight away, this is what you wear, boom, I can get on with my day. Actually, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon, a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. (laughs) So they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind-blowing. And so what are some of the things you love about having this type of relationship? I'm getting the sense that it wasn't, in this marriage, it wasn't a new thing to you, that you have um, explored BDSM and knew very well it was something that you wanted. Yeah, I think there's probably a few reasons. I guess I'm in my daily life, I have to make a lot of decisions and direct a lot of people So it's really nice to be able to get into a situation, even just come home or get into a sexual situation and not have to be the one in control, coming up with all the ideas. That kind of takes away some of the the stress of it all. So then I can really focus on the pleasure. So part of it is that. And also in particularly this relationship and within kink, I'm able to get every desire I could possibly think of, it can be met and explored in a really safe way. I've never had the most incredible orgasms as I have had (laughs) outside of BDSM. Beautiful. So something that people often associate with power dynamic relationships is using special names and you don't have to necessarily share yours, but what are some of the ways that people call each other in this type of relationship? There's a few different ones because I'm in a 
submissive dominant relationship in our kind of lifestyle particular restrictions. So some people go slave master, which is more of a 24-hour control-based system. So we're not a 24-hour, like I have my own bank account, my own car, my own job. So there are some downtime. I would be the submissive or the sub, and then my partner is, I refer to as my dom. Okay. And what about for your partner? What are some of the benefits for being in that role in the relationship? For him as well, he gets to explore what kinks he enjoys and it can be it's quite safe because a lot of the time it can be quite tricky to approach some of these kinks or interests with a partner, even so far as saying, for in a missionary position, can you pull my leg over your head? That sort of thing is very easily discussed within BDSM because we practice RAC, which is risk-aware consensual kink. So we're aware of the risks that we're taking and we you know, do things to limit them, but we've also consented to it. So if he feels like in the moment he may want to thank me, he's already got consent to do that. So it's a very safe, fluid approach to whether we're having penetrative sex or non-penetrative sexual exploration. It's all consented prior and you can just explore everything that's been consented to. So it's very, I find it very free-flowing for both parties. Sounds like there's just a real open communication and that you really talk a lot about things rather than just letting them unfold in the moment. Definitely discussion and communication is such an important aspect of this, which I think is important in any relationship But with this one, it's almost the foundation. So then anything else we encounter now in our marriage, we can easily talk about because we've already got that foundation of communication. We did start our communication in a written format because we didn't live together when we first started. I would keep a diary and he would have access to the diary. So he would know like what I was thinking, how I felt. It also allowed me to reflect on any experience that we had the night before or the day before and whether I enjoyed it and what aspects I did or didn't enjoy. And it gave him access as well to know, yes, he's meeting my needs or we need to look at some other way of approaching that. That really speaks to that idea that, yes, he might be making the decisions and calling the shots, but highly informed by your needs, your desires, and what you want. So it's not taking advantage in any way. It's actually hoarding you. Yeah, it's, everything's mutual, like a mutual benefit. So I get pleasure from pleasing him and he gets pleasure from the control. We both gain from this type of dynamic. Having that discussion as well allows us to say that, yes, our needs are met or not met. So then there's no faking in any of it. I strongly believe that no one should ever fake an orgasm. You don't want to reward bad behavior. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's no faking, but there's no need to either because we both benefit from what the other side has to bring. Hmm. And you've talked about kinks. So can you explain to the audience what kinks are or what they might entail for different people? So there's heaps of different types of kinks, even within BDSM. For us, uh, as I said, are in the submissive dominant role. And we do go through phases. So we went 
through a big phase of impact play, which is using spanking or paddles or floggers, anything like that to make an impact on the person's skin. So we got some beautiful floggers that some we destroyed. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that was explored because I like a thud rather than a sting. So the thud is more your paddles and your floggers and a sting is more like uh, a riding crop or a cane. Mm-hmm. So that was one part of our play. And the other part is the bondage. So we went, we've got a few different ropes and a few different ways of tying up. And like we've got a BDSM sex swing, which hangs from the ceiling and you can kind of rig me up in all different places and positions. And wow. um, it's, it's quite beautiful. It's like you're weightless, mm. um, but also equally on display. Sure. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon, a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted <laughs> to myself. <laughs> so they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. <laughs> Mind-blowing. So being the submissive in your relationship, does that mean you're always more in that receiving role, using those different vloggers that you described or the ropes and things? Do you ever switch or is that not part of your relationship? There are people who do switch and who can be in the submissive or dominant role. I would be in the submissive role all the time, but that's not to say that I don't give. But when I give to my partner, it's more pleasure. So it would be in a more of a service role. Uh-huh. Um, so I would give a blowjob or a massage. I wouldn't use the floggers and that sort of thing on him. Yeah, I would be more of a pleasure giver and an everything receiver because... <laughs> Maybe I'm a bit greedy. Yeah, I can see how you can give but still be in that submissive, worshipful, erotic energy. Yeah, and it's quite beautiful as well because, again, there's boundaries of what what we both uh, agree to as well. By me giving to him, that's a service or a submissive moment. So we're both still benefiting from that and we're both still getting that same dynamic really well achieved. I'm aware that some people in power dynamic relationships will have certain symbols or things that they wear. Can you speak to that? I don't know if that's something that you do but perhaps you know about these types of things. There's a few different ways of approaching this really depending on the dynamic and I'm only speaking to our dynamic. I wear a day collar so this was gifted to me by my dom and it's remains his collar Mm. um so it's something that i wear around my neck each day and it's a sign that i belong to him oh that's Um, sweet yeah yeah so (laughs) i guess for me like we're married but i don't wear a wedding ring because for me the collar really symbolizes that 
that we are together. So I don't take it off myself. He would put it on me and off if I ever needed to. Mm. So it's a really essential moment that it's that connection between us. And it's something then that I always have that comforts me to know that he's always there with me, supporting me. Someone there that I can always depend on who's got that controlling moment, but also that supportive moment of anything that I desire. Mm. And he chose it. So I did, when we were first together, I had a different day collar and we sort of upgraded as the years have gone on. So now it's a solid sterling silver collar and I wear it, yeah, every day. Would almost look like a choker to someone who didn't know, like a silver necklace. People would think, why is she wearing that? Or does it sort of pass as a piece of jewellery? Very interestingly, people think it's a choker unless they're in the lifestyle, yeah. then they know it exactly. exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was wondering that. Do you cross eyes with some people sometimes and go like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, often you get the, oh, I like your, and they pause for a moment and say, necklace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know straight away. <laughs> they're on to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So what about your dom? Is there anything that he would wear or is it much more just for the submissive to show that that's your his kind of thing? He carries around um, the key to the collar. Oh, that's Um, gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. So so he's kind of, you know, always got the key ready to go. So that's the thing that he carries. Other dynamics have different things. So they might have bracelets that connect or they might have anklets or the dom doesn't typically wear a collar, but they could have other forms that they would wear, maybe like a longer chain with a pendant on it that they both kind of wear. But this is what we found that works for us, Hmm. is that I have the collar, he has the key. (laughs) Yeah. Is there a community of people that all have this similar understanding? There, well, there are different communities depending on what state you're in. We kind of dabbled in the scene up here a little bit. There's definitely communities out there that have different support, but we have gone to like different clubs in Sydney and like explored that sort of side of us with the community. Um, but up here, it's a bit more private for us in, in Brizzy. Sure. And I imagine more regional areas, yeah, less and less opportunity. If people were thinking this sounds really interesting and something I'd like to explore more in my relationship how might they start where would they go to find out more or incorporate that into their own lives you can definitely get stuck in a rabbit hole if you start googling things okay. <laughs> um, and I probably wouldn't say to dive straight into a community like right away because you do want to find your own footing in the, the things that you like first So there's always like, I tend to go for books because they're generally more factual and they don't have as much bias one way or the other. There's heaps of books like BDSM 101 that kind of give you just the definitions of everything. So what does even BDSM mean? What does a submissive mean? I think it's a good idea to get their head around the concepts before they try to go in the deep dive of Google or go into a community. The biggest one is if they're in a relationship is to actually talk about it. So if the partner is not interested at all, how might that work within their relationship? Or even if their partner is interested, do their kinks align or do they both want to be submissive? Mm. So I think it's about educating from a non-biased perspective before communicating with the partner. So just so you can have the words really, because there's 
such an array of different kinks to get into. Like, would the person prefer to be a rope bunny, which is someone who is tied up in ropes? Would the other person then be the rigger? And that's the person who does all the rope tying. Even a daddy dom or mummy dom situation, which is more of a caring role, and then a baby girl or a baby boy. All of those dynamics have their own kinks, not rules, but more guidelines or principles that you would need to explore. Definitely the communication is probably the biggest, is the biggest thing, because if your communication isn't there, then really you shouldn't be going into BDSM or any sort of risky sexual activity with that partner. Yeah, I mean, good advice for any relationship, absolutely, like you said. some a whole world to explore. Yeah, it's definitely a big world to explore and I'm still learning and as my partner and I have been together for longer and longer, we explore different things and we even revisited the 100-word quiz we did right at the beginning and we realised things that were in the orange and now definitely bright green <laughs> And then things that were in the red, we've actually started talking about and exploring. Do we want to open that or not? Because it's been, you know, seven years or so. But your tastes do change and that's something to be aware of as well. So it's not set in stone. It, there is room to grow, change, but also those boundaries have to be uh, respected. Mm, absolutely. Oh, Victoria, thank you so much for coming and opening up a bit to us about your relationship and this whole world of BDSM and power dynamic relationships. Really appreciate your time. Not a worries. Um, I like having a bit of a chat. It's always good. I'm, I love to talk about all things sex, BDSM and pleasure. Beautiful. Oh, we'll have a beautiful um, rest of your week. Thanks again. Thank you so much. If people were thinking, well, this sounds really interesting and something I'd like to explore more in my relationship, how might they start? Where would they go to find out more or incorporate that into their own lives? You can definitely get stuck in a rabbit hole if you start Googling things. Okay. <laughs> um, and I probably wouldn't say to dive straight into a community like right away because you do want to find your own footing in the, the things that you like first. So there's always like, I tend to go for books because they're generally more factual and they don't have as much bias one way or the other. There's heaps of books like BDSM 101 that kind of give you just the definitions of everything. So what does even BDSM mean? What does a submissive mean? I think it's a good idea to get their head around the concepts before they try to go in the deep dive of Google or go into a community. The biggest one is if they're in a relationship is to actually talk about it. So if the partner is not interested at all, how might that work within their relationship? Or even if their partner is interested, do their kinks align or do they both want to be submissive? Mm. So I think it's about educating from a non-biased perspective before communicating with the partner. So just so you can have the words really, because there's, such an array of different kinks to get into like would the person prefer to be a rope bunny which is someone who is tied up in ropes would the other person then be the rigger and that's the person who does all the rope tying even a daddy dom or mummy dom situation which is more of a caring role and then a baby girl or a baby boy all of those dynamics have their own kinks not rules but more guidelines or principles that you would need to explore 
definitely the communication is probably the biggest is the biggest thing because if your communication isn't there then really you shouldn't be going into bdsm or any sort of risky sexual activity with that partner yeah i mean good advice for any relationship absolutely like you said some a whole world to explore yeah it's definitely a big world to explore and i'm still learning and as my partner and I've been together for longer and longer, we explore different things and we even revisited the 100-word quiz we did right at the beginning and we realised things that were in the orange and now definitely bright green <laughs> and then things that were in the red we've actually started talking about and exploring. Do we want to open that or not? Because it's been, you know, seven years or so. But your tastes do change and that's something to be aware of as well. So it's not set in stone, it, there is room to grow, change, but also those boundaries have to be uh, respected. Mm, absolutely. Oh, Victoria, thank you so much for coming and opening up a bit to us about your relationship and this whole world of BDSM and power dynamic relationships. Really appreciate your time. Not a worries. Um, I like having a bit of a chat. It's always good. I'm, I love to talk about all things BDSM and pleasure. Beautiful. Oh, we'll have a beautiful um, rest of your week. Thanks again. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. Being able to feel good about my body again, that's been a huge thing. All anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard. We actually do have a lot that connects us physically. It's making people feel good. There is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in a relationship a really beautiful thing. Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland, or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.